Hello and welcome to another episode of The Good Vanilla, a Barefoot Contessa podcast where the chicken stock is homemade, store-bought is just fine, and the vanilla is always good. I am your host, Nick Kachanov, and today we are home alone. Well, uh, Jeffrey is home alone. I just... I just had this picture of Jeffrey like reenacting like the Macaulay Culkin like aftershave like slap on the cheeks in the mirror moments. Ina somewhere on a plane screaming, Jeffrey! <laughs> uh, that would be great. Um, well, here we are for another episode. How is everyone? I hope you're all doing well. I hope you all have uh, exciting plans for the fourth, whether that's just chilling at home or maybe a picnic I could go for like a pool like a pool day we're going to Erie for the weekend we're gearing up for that and there's usually not I mean there's a lot of water obviously in Erie but we never go to the beach so maybe this is uh we go to the beach but we don't swim to be more specific um so maybe this is the weekend although I did check the weather and it's supposed to rain and that makes me really sad so hopefully um things have changed or things will change in the next two days uh, what else is new? I can't think of anything else with me. I tried to look for a 4th of July themed episode. I feel like there's like at least one episode in my mind of the Barefoot Contessa where she makes like the classic, like, it's like the white cake, white icing. And then like the American flag is sort of made with like blueberries and strawberries. It always looks great. I feel like that was a dessert that came out when I was younger, but I'm sure obviously didn't but I felt like everyone makes that cake it's always great I I used to love like my neighbors like so um my mom's parents grew up next to <laughs> grew up I grew up next to them so essentially what I'm trying to say really awkwardly is that my mom and dad bought a house next to my mom my grandparents, my mom's parents. Yikes. Ugh, that took me a while to get out. But um, so next to them was another uh, couple who was older and they were the Cooks and was their last name. And they had this like epic 4th of July party every year. My neighborhood was like filled with food adjacent names. We had the Cooks. We also had the Bakers who lived right across the street from the Cooks. And next to the bakers on uh, like the other side of the street was the Eaton's, which is like, you know, like Eaton. It wasn't spelled that way, though. And then a little bit down the road was the Sugars. So, I mean, it really was like Candyland when I I grew up in Candyland, basically. Um, But back to the cooks, they used to throw this like epic Fourth of July party. And like when you're a kid, everything just seems so like big and like bombastic and like larger than life but this really was like this was like a party and there were games I feel like everyone was drunk but I was like too young to know there was like and Mrs. Cook was like always so great about like having games for the kids there was like and they were all like simple games like simple like picnic games like uh bouncing ping pong balls into like an umbrella turned upside down and then the one oh god I I think it traumatized me for life, to be honest, but there's a game which I think should be banned from, like, all, like, everywhere, really, where you have to, you're on a team, it's like a relay race or something, and there's two teams, and you run down a short distance, and then you have to sit on top of a balloon on a chair and pop it, 
and then like run back and then the next person goes and they put a fresh balloon down and I was terrified of it. I still to this day don't really love when balloons pop. I don't think anyone really loves it, but like I really have to like think twice about like how I pop a balloon. Typically I just like stretch the little like, you know, the tip of it and then just like give it a snip on top so it just goes like as opposed to just like smashing it but I remember when I was a kid oh my god I was so afraid of it because I was just like a, a sensitive young boy who didn't like a lot of rackets um and I my I, I couldn't do it I think I like chickened out I didn't want to play my dad was like ugh but um I would do it now I was just afraid it was gonna hurt I don't know why I thought the balloon would like snap on my leg who knows um so Anyway, enough about the uh, the 4th of July and my childhood trauma. <laughs> uh, let's get into this episode. This is season seven, episode five, and it's called Jeffrey Home Alone. So Ina begins. I always think that when I'm away, Jeffrey lives on milk and cookies. I have to be away tonight, so I thought I'm going to stack the fridge with all kinds of delicious things for him to eat, and maybe it'll keep him out of the cookie jar. First, I'm making a delicious beef stew that's easy for him to heat up for dinner. A whole meal in one pot. And because dessert is part of the meal, I'm making his favorite, espresso ice cream. Then, for breakfast the next day, I'm leaving him homemade cranberry orange scones that he can have with his coffee in the morning. And she ends with this. She says, well, I hope he doesn't freeze the stew and heat up the ice cream, but I'll be calling to find out what he's up to. Again, I just feel it's like I feel bad for Jeffrey because he's often like the I don't know, the the brunt of the joke, I guess, but I feel like he's he's goofed up enough. He's like super smart but also just like a total dunce at the same time, which I love. I mean, we all love Jeffrey, so what's not to love really? And what's not to love about espresso ice cream, which is the first thing that Ida makes? It starts out with 3 cups of half and half. Um, which seems pretty rich, but honestly, if you're going to do it, go for it. Um, so she puts that in a saucepan for, uh, she scalds it, which is basically, I feel if I'm remembering correctly, she said something like, you want little bubbles to be forming on the side and you want steam to be coming off of it, but you don't want it to boil, which I always get, I I said in the past too, I always get nervous with stuff like that. Like I would think I I would just like stand there the whole time and just watch it. Um, but that's just me. Um, and she's got that huge Pyrex again. She dumps all the three, like the three cups. Of, it's like, I, I feel honestly, I feel like it's like a five cup Pyrex, to be honest. It's so beautiful. I feel like it would be heavy. I need to get one. Um, so she also, while the, while the half and half is scalding, she puts six egg yolks into the standing mixer along with two thirds of a cup of sugar. And while the eggs are mixing up, she checks on the milk, which is of course, perfectly cooked. Um, what else does she do? She shows us the egg yolks, which after a couple minutes are now like, they're so beautiful. They're like able to fall into themselves in like a beautiful pale yellow ribbon. Uh, it looks fantastic. And Ina's like mesmerized by it. She's like, isn't that fabulous? The way she, (laughs) there's like another part in this episode that made me laugh. I really like when Ina, it's not just commentary. It's like genuine human reactions. I think she was like, she really thought that those eggs were fabulous, the, the way they <laughs> fell into each other. And I agree, Ina, it's it's beautiful. I like, I like pale yellow. It's one of my favorite colors. Um, 
So next on low speed, she drizzles in the half and half, which I feel I've seen Ina do this a couple times. It's never a good idea. What she does is like she takes the saucepan and tries to dump it into um, the standing mixer, but it's it's never going to work because it's just like as soon as you tip that in, especially if you're doing like a steady, a slow, steady stream, it's just going to like cling to the side of the pan and then just go to get all over the counter. And um, it, it does just that too. It spills instantly. And she's after she's like finally done putting it in, she's like, I got most of it on the counter. And she kind of like rolls her eyes. Um, she should have used that Pyrex. She should have dumped it into the Pyrex and then did the standing mixer. But, you know, it's, uh, it's done at this point. Um, so she pours all of the mix, uh, like the like the half and half and egg mixture into the saucepan again and cooks it very slow until it thickens. Uh, thick enough to coat the spoon, she says. <laughs> she, she puts her finger on the back of the wooden spoon to test it and like show us what it looks like. <laughs> and she burned herself. I don't know. It's not funny. Like, you know, I, I don't want Ina to be in pain ever, but it was just, again, these human reactions. She's like, ow, that was hot. And she's like not laughing about it, you know? Like sometimes she could just like sort of smile and do the nervous laugh. But I think she was, uh, she was, in, <laughs> it was a real like moment of pain. Um, but anyway, it's done, and uh, she runs it through a sieve, and now it's onto the flavoring. So she puts in two tablespoons of ground espresso. Uh, she says that you can use decaf or regular. <sighs> I feel like decaf espresso, <laughs> espresso, decaf espresso should not exist. Is what I was trying to say. I I just think it's it's a crime. There's like a there's like a meme that says there's a time and a place for decaf coffee, never end in the garbage. And I, I agree. But who knows, you know, flash forward like 50 years, and I could be, you know, decaf coffee's biggest fan. I don't know. But in this case, you got to use the regular. Anyway, so she adds a tablespoon of Kahlua. She says coffee flavored liqueur, but um, it's Kahlua. You can like see it. <laughs> and then she adds a teaspoon of the good vanilla. Uh, and then she puts it in the refrigerator to chill, and then it's out to the garden to snip some fresh rosemary and bay leaves for Jeffrey's stew. And there's not really too much to that segment. She just goes out and she tells us about, I feel like the amount of times I've seen Ina tell us what rosemary is good for, it's, it's at least two or three times since I've started this podcast. She's like, it's good for lambs, it's good for uh, like marinade. And she says like the same three things. I can't remember the other thing, but, um, Either way. Uh, so she gets her herbs and she's using fresh bay leaves, which I, I mean, I don't know jack squat about bay leaves, but most of the time when they're used, I feel like they're they're dried out a little bit. You know what I mean? They're like a little bit of a brown color or like a brownish green. And these are like green. So I wonder if that like makes a difference. I don't know. Um, so she is back in the kitchen. She has one and a pound, one and a pound. She has one and a half pounds of beef it's Chuck, she tells us, and she cuts it into cubes. And she has this like offhand comment about how she's like, she's like, you could have the the butcher cut it, but sometimes it's it's basically like implying that she doesn't like the way that the butcher cutches cut <laughs> the butcher cutchers. I can't speak today. I think it's the heats. I don't know. Uh, she doesn't like the way that the butcher cuts it because she said sometimes they're a little bit smaller, and she like makes like one of those like ugh faces. So this way she has full control of how big. Uh, she cuts it. 
So next she is going to make the marinade. The marinade is three cloves of garlic, just smashed, not necessarily cut up. Um, so she could fish them out later as well too. She wants to leave them large enough. And then she tosses in a few bay leaves and then pours an entire bottle of Cabernet Sauvignon on top of it. It sounds great to me. I mean, she said that you can cook it or marinate it for about like three hours or if you really want, make it delicious, maybe overnight. So there's that. So next we flash forward a few hours later and the beef has had a chance to sort of soak in the marinade and she strains it, uh, strains it into a bowl so she can save some of the marinade for later. I always get confused. I feel like, I guess it's poultry that you can't save the marinade for because I feel like that's gross. But I guess you can save it for like raw beef to me. Like none of that makes sense, but uh, we're going to go with it. So anyway, she saves that for later. It looks great. The be- The beef is sort of like this maroon sort of like, it just looks like really flavorful. Um, so she takes the beef little bits out and she covers the beef bits in flour and then she sautés it in olive oil. I would just like eat it like that, to be honest. But, um, now of course it's time for some veggies. So we have some onions. It's like all the usual suspects, some carrots, garlic, but then she puts in, uh, she doesn't put it until just a bit later, but, uh, she has sun-dried tomatoes, potatoes, and some mushrooms. Oh, I forgot to mention too, when I think it was like right before or right after she picks the herbs, she's walking in the kitchen and she says that this act, she actually calls this beef stew Parker's beef stew, which is named after a chef um, at the Barefoot Contessa whose name was Parker Hodges. So Parker Hodges, here's to you. Um, so what was I talking about? Sun-dried tomatoes, mushrooms. Okay, so she takes the meat out once it's browned and then throws in the veggies in the exact same pot, of course, to soak up all that flavor. Um, Ina is having like a heck of a time with this pot because she, she like burns herself a bit when she's scooping out the beef and she tells us to make sure we're careful because it's hot as if like we're in the kitchen with her like at that moment. Of course, it's going to be hot. But uh, again, really funny moments. She burns herself a lot in this episode. Um, so she dumps the veggies into the meat. Um, it's like a, you know, one of the like the Le Crusette stock pot or like Dutch oven sort of thing. It's a white one. It's beautiful. It's like ivory, not white. Um, and then she pours that leftover marinade into the pots that she cooked the veggies and beef into deglaze, um, which it looks great. I just love like watching that stuff, like on a cooking show. I'm like, yeah, get all the bits. It's just like really satisfying. And next after that, she adds two cups of chicken stock. She says, I always have some in the freezer and then some Worcestershire sauce, salt and pepper, and then the sun-dried tomatoes and one sprig of rosemary goes into um, that, that whole mix. And then she throws that on top of the veggies and the meat, and she just throws it in the oven. 350 for two to three hours, pretty simple. So while the stew is cooking, she checks on the uh, chilled espresso ice cream. And the next step, obviously, is to pour it into the ice cream maker. Uh, She turns it on and tells us that she's going to turn up the flavor by adding chopped chocolate-covered espresso beans. Honestly, I, I think that's, like, such a great little, like, gift um was it no we had a friend over recently my friend melissa and she brought us um some like delicious like chocolate like shortbread cookies with chocolate chunks and then she also brought chocolate covered espresso beans but they weren't just like regular chocolate cover they had the regular chocolate a white chocolate and then this sort of like caramel 
chocolate covered espresso beans. Ugh, it was a delight. It's like if if anyone is ever struggling to get me a gift, I'm like all you listeners out there who are going to send me gifts. Um, espresso beans are always a win. It's just like something really. I mean, I love coffee. I love chocolate, and it's it's like the best of both worlds, really. Um, so she's chopping up the chocolate covered espresso beans. And she says, if you can't find, this is like so weird to me. If you can't find chocolate covered espresso beans, just find coffee flavored beans. Does she just mean coffee beans? I don't know. It, the way that she like, she even as she's saying it, it's like her, <laughs> she like left her body for a moment because she like stands, she like is standing there and like she kind of looks like straight ahead and she's like, I don't know if that made sense, but I'm just going to keep on going. I don't know. Coffee flavored beans, coffee beans or like espresso beans without the chocolate cover, it doesn't matter. Uh, either way, she's, uh, she dumps the uh, chocolate covered espresso beans that are now chopped into the ice cream maker. Uh, she shuts off the ice cream maker and scoops the ice cream into like what looks to be like a leftover like Chinese takeout container. It's like what they put like egg drop, egg drop soup in, you know what I mean? It's like, I don't know, five or six inches high. Um, and as she's scooping it, she says, Jeffrey better save some of this for me. It looks really good. And I feel like that was an, that was like, it was like a veil threat at the same time. It's like, if Jeffrey eats all this, so help me. Because Jeffrey's like the equivalent. He's just like a, he's like the cookie monster, really. Like, but he's like the dessert monster. I feel like he would just gobble up anything you put in front of him. So I hope that uh, Jeffrey saved Ina some for his sake. Uh, but speaking of Jeffrey... We cut to Jeffrey on the road, and Jeffrey says, I'm on my way home, and Ina usually leaves me a ton of food in the refrigerator. Then he turns to the camera directly and says, it's really tough being Mr. Garden. (laughs) And that's really all that is. It's just him, you know, driving home. And they look so young. This is like one of the earlier, I mean, in hindsight, too, like an earlier season, quote unquote. But um, he... Because they just like, especially Jeffrey, he looks like, I mean, he's an old man. I feel like he was always just like a cute little old man. But now that I look back at these episodes, he just looks like so young and, you know, full of vitality. Uh, Anyway, so we go back to the kitchen and Ina takes the stew out of the oven and she she like moans. She's like, oh, that's a lot of stew. And she like laughs, but I think she's kind of annoyed by it. Um, So she tests it with a fork and this is my favorite part. She's testing it with a fork and she's like, if it's tender, it's done. Oh, and the sauce. Oh, this looks pretty amazing, actually. It's, I'm not doing it justice, but like the way that she talks about it is just like, it was almost as if she was saying like, sometimes I even amaze myself. <laughs> it wasn't like her bragging. It was just like, wow, this looks amazing and I can't wait to eat it. And it did. It looked, it looked incredible. It almost looked like a, it's kind of like a like a beef bourguignon in a way, but like, I don't know, like an American sort of stew version of that, I guess. Because there are a lot of similar ingredients, not not every ingredient, but um, pretty similar, I'd say. Um, so she tops it off with a package of frozen peas and lets it sort of defrost like as it cools off on the oven. And that's the stew. So next is the cranberry orange scones, which look delicious, to be honest. Um, so a lot of, you know, flugger, flugger, I was going to say flour and sugar. I should like market that. I mean, flour and sugar are pretty gross though. So yeah, we'll, we'll scratch that. <laughs> but she puts in some flugger, uh, baking powder, and then some salt. 
and then a tablespoon of orange zest and then like three sticks of butter because why not uh, she beats four eggs as the butter and other ingredients are combining in the standing mixer and then she adds a cup of heavy cream and then pours it into the standing mixer as well and after that's mixed she adds a quarter cup of flour to some cranberries so they don't like sink I guess because I know she uses that tool like that sort of method a lot when she does like chocolate chips or walnuts or something like in brownies because it helps them not sink to the bottom but there is no bottom of a dough I don't know either way she covers her uh, dried cranberries with flour and then this is funny uh, because it's just like such a thick dough <laughs> and it's like being very unruly the dough was like so thick that the standing mixer was like about to topple over because it was like gathering it's like when you put like your shoes in the dryer which I guess is probably not a good idea my mom used to do that when we were younger and I think I wanted to do it once before and Keon thought I was like a psychopath for wanting to do that he's like don't do it I know it's bad for the dryer like you don't have to tell me that but like you can do it every once in a while, right? I don't know. Put some towels in there. I don't know. Did anyone else ever, like, put their shoes in the dryer? Who knows? Anyway, back to this. She was like, Ina goes, yikes, it's alive. Uh, because the dough was being crazy. Anyway, the dough looks amazing, by the way. I could just uh, eat it out of the standing mixer and I'd be perfectly happy. So she rolls it out uh about like three quarters of an inch thick and then uses a round cutter to cut them out. I always thought that, I mean, cook scones whichever way you like, but I feel like a scone to me is always um, a triangle. But maybe like, maybe in the UK and like other places. I mean, I trust Ina. She's not like a fool. She wouldn't just like do this uh, to do it. But maybe she does. I don't know. To me, a scone is always a triangle shape. But if it's a circle shape as well, then there we go. Uh, so she puts some egg wash on the scones and then a sprinkle of sugar on them. And then cut to the scones. They're out of the oven now and cooled. And Ina decides to make an orange glaze. I think I probably would have skipped this part. It's too much orange for me, but it, it still looks great. And, and it's pretty simple, too. It's confectioner sugar and some orange juice. So done. Um, she whips that up and drizzles it on the scones. It looks lovely. It's very earthy. And as she's drizzling it, she said, I'd say Jeffrey's going to have a very nice breakfast. And she smiles at the camera. <laughs> and we're nearing the end of the episode. This went so quick. I feel like I talked really fast today because I was excited about this episode. But um, the next part is like, it's, it's the best part of the episode. So Ina is like running out the door. She's like, well, I'm off. And then she leaves a note for Jeffrey on the little like side table there in the main hallway. And... Um, and it's cute. I should have like paused it to see what it said. But I think it said like dinner's in the fridge. Love you, Ina. And I think she always puts like three X's if I'm not mistaken. Um, and as she puts on her coat, she's like, why do I think he's going to start with the ice cream? Hmm. And then like walks out the door. <laughs> so Ina, um, my next note is she waves to the camera to look. Oh, she walks. Okay take two so Ina basically walks out the front door and she literally looks like she's about to walk into like oncoming traffic there's not like a car she's like walking into the main street I don't know where she's going but she you know she's doing it with confidence so I don't know I don't know what was happening there but next at long last is the best part of the episode so Jeffrey we get we, we 
<laughs> Jeffrey comes back to the house and of course he starts with the ice cream. I mean, honestly, I would too. I would have like a couple bites of the ice cream and then like have some stew and then have some more ice cream after that. And I would probably want some whipped cream on top of it and maybe some Oreos on top of that. That, that would be amazing. Um, so he starts with the ice cream, but wait, Jeffrey's cell phone is ringing as soon as he opens the lid of the ice cream. Perfectly timed. And Ina says, hey, sweetie, how's dinner? Are you enjoying the chicken stew? And Jeffrey almost too confidently says, I love the chicken stew. And Ina says, oh, you are so busted. It's beef stew. And Jeffrey tries to recover. He's like, beef stew, beef stew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the beef stew was delicious. And Ina, she can smell trouble. She sees her right through his bullshit. <laughs> and she's like, she's like, you're eating the ice cream, aren't you? And then she says, just save a little for me, okay? But the best part of this is like, when she says, just save a little for me, okay? She's like on the phone and, and Jeffrey like takes the phone away from his face and just like looks at the camera and gives this like shitty grin to the camera. Like, I'm not saving a drop of ice cream for her. <laughs> He's like, fat chance, Ina, it's mine. Ugh, it's so good. And the best, also, it's like, I'm not convinced that Ina ever left the house at all because she's sitting in her car and not driving. I mean, maybe they're just trying to show good like etiquette like, and by not being on the phone in the car, I don't know. But, like, I feel like she's literally, she, like, walked to her car and is sitting in the car just for, like, you know, the behind, to, to make it look like she's going away for the sake of the episode and Jeffrey being home alone. But I feel like once this episode was, like, <laughs> done, she just came back in the house and then, like, stole the ice cream. And then they, they, they probably just, like, split it and sat out in the backyard under the stars. I mean, that's the perfect night, really. Ugh. Well, Jeffrey probably ate all that ice cream. I hope Ina got some. Um, they, she didn't really make, she only made three things, but I, which I guess is typical, but I feel, I don't know. It was like two desserts and a main course. That's like an unusual sort of menu for Ina. And, but I guess, I mean, whatever. I mean, it's a great day for Jeffrey. I mean, like you said, it's hard being Jeffrey uh, or Mr. Garden. Um, but I... Oh, gosh, I would love to be married to a cook and just like have these. I'm sure it doesn't happen every day, but um, I would just love to be, you know, with someone who had a food show because you wake up and have these like delicious things. Ugh, it would be a dream. But I guess that's the end. So thank you again for listening, everyone. Happy Fourth of July. I hope you all have a great weekend. If you want to follow the podcast on social media, you can find it on Instagram and Twitter at GoodVanillaPod. And you can also send me an email at goodvanillapod at gmail.com. Also, I made a group for The Good Vanilla on Facebook. Very searchable. Just type in The Good Vanilla on the search bar on Facebook and you'll be all set. If you are enjoying the podcast, please be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Also, if you want to know where to get more of me, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Nick Chanov. And you can find me on my other podcast, The Best Supporting Podcast, every week with Colin Drucker. Thanks again for listening, everyone. Stay safe, and I'll see you next time.